Get your Bibles out and go to 1 Peter chapter 3 now. I'm going to read a scripture to us, and I, then after I read it, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray over you. Very important what I'm doing today. All right, 1 Peter 3, verse 10. He who would love life and see good days. Anybody in here? That's weak. Anybody here want a good life? Now, he's fixing to give you a formula for a good life. Now, you have to follow it. Are y'all listening? There's a guaranteed better way to do it if you'll follow directions. You know, when you're cooking, if you don't know what you're doing, turn, there's usually a recipe on the back of the box. Just follow it. Don't leave, instru- don't leave stuff out because you think you know more than they do. Amen. He would love life and see good days. We went over this. Refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Verse 11, let him turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. We are living in a time right now where bad is good and good is bad. The society as we know it has changed drastically in the last 30 years. It is now... Wrong is acceptable and promoted. As a matter of fact, if you're not gay now, you're not even cool. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. So, society has changed so much that it's affecting even the church. And we've, the church is even dropping its standards. Now, let me talk to you before I get going here. In our society today, it is extremely unpopular for me to preach these messages. But I'm not a Bible school teacher. I'm not an evangelist. I I have a whole book to preach from, not just certain select scriptures. And I'm going to have to give you a bigger diet than Jesus loves me, this I know. So we're going to talk about sin, and we're going to talk about what to do with it, and the fact that you need to to get it out of your life or else. Now let me read this to you again, because this is very important. I want you to see this. Turn from evil. Stop it. Jesus told the woman, had great compassion on the, on the woman caught in adultery. And, she, and, and after everybody wanted to stone her to death, and all that was left was Jesus, he said, where are your accusers? She said, none, Lord. He said, neither do I. And then he said, stop it. He didn't say, be blessed in your prostitution. Make sure you tithe. He told another man one time who had been healed, he said, stop or something worse will come back on you. In other words, you were healed, but you're going to have to change the way you're living if you want to maintain. Then he told another story one day about a man that that devil got cast out of him. And he said, when the devil came back, found the house empty, swept, and clean. But the guy had never done anything to put anything back in. And seven, ten devils came back. You could end up in worse shape than you are. 
I don't think that we're preaching this enough. I don't. America is at a crossroads right now, and it is in a mess. And I'm going to tell you what I'm watching on the news right now, but I'm also watching the good news, the right side, all the rest of it. It's finally Americans and pastors are standing up, glory to God, and they're stopped being cowards. Now, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about no compromise today. Go to Matthew chapter 5, please. Now, if you get quiet, it is a sign of guilt. So holler. (laughs) I'm being serious. You know, when the boys were growing up, if we came home and all three boys are quiet, they've been in the cookie jar. Quiet is guilt. (laughs) I'm trying to make this palatable, and and I will, in the name of Jesus. I prayed all night and all this morning over this because I want so much for you to have a good life, and I want so much for you to understand it's okay for you to be old-fashioned. If need be. Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, and so they persecuted the prophets that were before you. Persecution is a part of Christianity. Why? Because Jesus called his followers disciples. Why? Because he expected them to become disciplined. At what? At the way they live. Has that changed? No, it has not. God is expecting me to discipline myself. He's expecting me to put my flesh under. He's expecting me to renew my mind. He's expecting me to read my Bible and be a doer of the Word and not a hearer only. That's going to create a separation between me and other people. And I'm going to tell you, it's okay. The reason we compromise is we want to go along to get along so there will be no conflict. But I'm going to show you that if you're living right, you will create conflict. And it is okay. I I want some politicians in Washington to get a backbone. And quit worrying about getting voted back in. If you want to get voted in, do right. I can lose my job. Lose it. Don't compromise truth. I'm so tired of cowards. God hates cowards. I ain't giving up my motorcycle riding. I ain't giving up my gun shooting. Not for you. And I ain't no coward, and I'm not shutting the doors here either. Hallelujah. Well, ain't that against the law? Maybe. Depends on whose law we're talking about. Look at verse 13. You're the salt of the earth. 
If salt loses its flavor, how is it going to be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You're the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill that can't be hidden. Nor do they, they don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. You light a lamp so that everybody in the house will see the light. So let your light shine before men. They'll see your good works and glorify God in heaven. See, what is light? Light is your voice. Light is the, not only the way you live, it's the way you talk, it's the way you walk, it is who you are. In a dark world, people need light. Let me say one more thing. In your home, your kids need light. Your family needs light. Not hugs, light. They do need hugs and light. So go with me to Matthew 10. Just two pages over. Dive over there. I want you to see it in your Bible. If you're a visitor here today, believe me, it gets better. Oh, don't worry. I'll preach. I, 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 I'm like a tide. I'll preach the goodness of God one week, and I'll preach obeying God the next. Amen. Next week, I might preach obeying God two weeks in a row. You never know. Amen. Matthew, you know, I wrestle with, with God over sermons. I, and I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. And I asked him this morning, I said, Am I, I, I know I'm hearing from you, but why are you giving me this message for my church? He said, in the book of Revelation, I had seven churches and I sent seven different messages. He said, don't compare the message I give to the church down the street to yours. This church has been around a long time and we're supposed to be further along. All right, if you go to a church where everybody's, you know, it's just cookies and ice cream and pizza, well, that just might be because it's a big children's church. That was prophetic. It's okay, it's okay, I'm good with it. Matthew 10, 27, let's read. Whatever I tell you in the dark, you speak it in the light. Whatever you hear in your ear, you preach it on the housetops. No compromise. Do not fear those who will kill your body. But fear him who can kill your soul. Rather fear him that is able to destroy your soul and your body in hell. I'm not going to do it right now, but we need to go down another road soon. There's an angel in the book of Revelation in the last days that's flying through the heavens and he's saying, fear God, fear God, fear God. There's a message for the earth today. Fear God, fear God, fear God. There's a heaven and there's a hell. When all is said and done, it's not a matter of what your mama thinks. It's not a matter of what your daddy thinks. It's not a matter of what your spouse thinks. The issue is, what does God think about the way you live? Because the final word, He will have it with you. And He's not changing anything for you. There's a sign on I-4. I don't like it. God's not angry. Who cares? I know that, I know that doesn't sound right because you think maybe I've gotten off. If a policeman pulls you over and you've been speeding 
and they give you a $200 share revenue coupon, who cares whether he's mad or not? He can smile and write you a ticket. Are you all out there? Did you go home? The whole point, God's not angry. What does God's emotions have to do with right and wrong? I'm glad that he's not mad. I know what they're trying to say is that when Jesus died on the cross, he bore the sin. But where do people go that are not saved when they die? Whether God's angry or not, they go to hell. He'll smile while you go. So I think the message is wrong. Well, he's not mad. <laughs> yeah, but the issue is how are you doing? Not how he's doing. He's doing great. Okay, boy, that was too much. A little too strong for y'all. All right. Woo! Anyway, I don't have time to get into that. But that's another whole sermon. <laughs> Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground but from your father's will? The very hairs of your head are numbered. Don't fear, therefore, or you're more value than sparrows. In other words, quit worrying about what people think. You, you be concerned about what God thinks. If it's, you know, i, I got to stop right here and tell a story. I'm just going to obey God, go the way he said go. I was dealing with a young lady uh, a, a couple of months ago who is a born-again, spirit-filled Christian who loves the Lord. But she's living with a guy. And she prayed and said, God, I'm miserable, I'm miserable, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. She's trying to have peace and joy without obeying God. And so, in love, she stood at the back door and said, I, I just want, whoever comes through this door, I want them to help me. Well, I never go in the back door. I never go in the back door. And I, I'm leaving the parking lot and I thought, I'm going to go in the back door. That's the first time I've ever been in the back door. And I walked right by this girl. And I said, I've been wanting to talk to you. And she goes, oh, I've been waiting for someone to talk to me. So we talked. And I loved on her. And I told her how wonderful she is and how beautiful she is and how much God loves her. And then I said, what about the guy you're living with? Well, if I don't live with him, I'll be on the street. I said, well, go on the street. I said, um, you want to have a good life? She goes, yes. I said, stop. God's bigger than a boy paying your bills while you have sex with him. Let, are y'all listening? I didn't just hug her and give her a kiss and walk off and say, be blessed. I gave her some truth. The next time I heard from her, she has left, she has a female roommate, and she's doing good. So, somebody needed to love her. Now, if it's your family and they're tired of hearing you, you may only need to pray, but somebody's going to have to come along and talk. I'm talking this morning about a standard. I'm not talking about your standard. I'm talking about his. You and I do not get to rewrite the book. So I had a lady came to me one day. She says, that's your truth. I said, I don't have one. I have his truth. I don't have a truth. I don't even have an opinion. If you leave today and say, Pastor Morgan said this, you lied. Because I didn't. I'm just reading. Okay, never mind. Verse 32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess before my Father who's in heaven. Whoever denies me before men, I'll deny before my Father in heaven. He's talking about not just 
con confessing his name. We're talking about the moment you say Jesus is Lord, you turn from sin to God. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous generation, I will be ashamed of you. Let me say it to you real plain. God's not letting bad people in heaven. He's had enough of it. You have a choice now. Make a decision. Now, I'm going to tell you something else about me. I used to really get worked up over the way you live. I don't anymore. I sleep at night. If I see you're doing wrong, I'll let you do it. I'll pray you back after your life falls apart. I, don't, I, just, I just got tired of being mean. Never mind. Some of y'all are like, amen, we were tired of you being mean too. The rest of this is good. Verse 34. Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. What a statement for the Prince of Peace to make. Let me make a statement. I want to read something to you. Never barter truth for peace. Never barter truth for peace. Peace is not an absence of conflict. As a matter of fact, if you live right, you will create conflict. If you're not creating conflict, you're probably not living right. Do not think I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace. I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. And he who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. If you love your son or your daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He will lose his life for my sake will find it. So I'm going to ask you a question. What do you do when your son calls up and says, I'm coming home Thanksgiving, I'm bringing my girlfriend? The answer is no, you're not. Well, mom, don't be so, so old-fashioned. You mean like moral? Correct. She's not coming, or you both are not. God, y'all got quiet. Why is it we've gotten so afraid of a standard? How are your kids ever going to learn right from wrong if they don't learn it from you? Are you going along to get along too? Are you just going to, I'm praying them in? Jesus said what you hear in church, shout it from the housetops. Boy, this is, y'all are quiet. What do you do when you come home and you smell marijuana? You go find it and the kid. What, I'm, I'm going to tell a story here. Y'all just hold your horses. Just fasten your seatbelts. Jack Hayford had a young man that came to his church one time who was in an alternate lifestyle. And the boy came forward and got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and on fire for God. One morning, about a month or two later, he, the boy's sitting there and Jack Hayford walks up to him and says, I want your phone. This is service, church service. Give me your phone. 
Grabbed his phone. Jack Hayford's church is in Los Angeles. He's scrolling through it. He sees area codes to San Francisco. Handed him his phone back and said, Get him out of the phone or get out of my church. Make a decision now, boy. You come here, you live for God. Sweet, sweet Jesus. Why why have we accepted their standard? Now I'm going to tell you all a story. Some of y'all don't know it. The the Gone with the Wind movie. Quite frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a darn. The first cuss word in a movie screen. You know what the church did? Nothing. The hell you say. I was watching the History Channel yesterday. Good. Why is everything a damn? And let's talk about another word. Friggin'. Slap his jaw. That is not a word. Are y'all all, I, I know, I know, I got y'all all upset. You can come to my house if you want to, and you can get any, any movie off the shelf, and there will be nobody doing it. So I'm going to go ahead. I've already out there so far. I'll just go ahead and go out there. Doing it is not for you to watch. It's for you to do. Do it all you want to. But it is not entertainment. Hollywood is not setting the standard for you and I. Woo, Jesus. I told you this was going to get good. I'm glad y'all are saying hallelujah, amen, because we know who. Jesus was very strong on living right, and he is today. Yes, there's grace. Yes, there's mercy. But the grace of God was given to you to come out of sin. Not to live in it. Sin will kill you. Our society today, we have preached such a watered down gospel. We're the reason America's in the mess it's in. We are the reason. And we don't want to appear. Lisa and I were watching a movie last night about an Amish girl who inherited a fortune. Imagine going from milking cows to being rich. It's just. And. Um, I told her on the way here, I said, we don't want to appear Pentecostal. We don't want to appear to be Amish. We don't want to appear to be sticks in the mud. And I don't. And I don't believe in it either. So, if you think I'm preaching being Pentecostal, ladies, please keep your makeup. (laughs) (laughs) Kenneth Hagin said, if the barn needs painting, paint the barn. And I'm not going to chide you for wearing pants to church. But I do think that we need to have some standards and hold to them. And you need to have them in your house. Wow, it's... 
In other words, if you're going to live right, you will not be invited to every party. Don't invite him. <laughs> He's going to talk about Jesus, and everybody's going to be uncomfortable. Good. When are you going to get that turned on to God? Matthew 24, 12. I'm just going to pop it on the screen. Let's, let's read it. Are you all all right? I really don't care, but I want you to answer. Look at this. Jesus talked about the last days. Say we're here. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Why? Why is the love of many growing cold? Number one, because it's cool to sin. It's popular to sin. It's in. There's two genders. If you're having a problem, someone can take you in the bathroom and help you with it. It's also on your birth certificate as of right now. If you disagree with that, you're a fruitcake. I'm sorry, I'm just... You, you, see, y'all, you have a vision of Jesus that's... Com- He's more like me than you think. He's more like Trump than you think. Boy, that went over real good. Marriage. Some of y'all didn't see Princess Bride. Why is every preacher on movies a wuss? Thank you. Thank you. I want to play the preacher in a cowboy movie so bad. It'd be awesome. And I'll wear my six gun to church too. You come in and tear up my church service, we'll take you outside and we'll tie you up and we'll horse whip you, then we'll pray you back. I just want to make a cowboy movie so bad. (laughs) Oh, y'all don't know. And she wants to be the preacher's wife. I watched a Hallmark movie one time where the sweet Christian girl kept trying to take his guns, and I'm going, no! Leave his guns alone. And he ended up killing all the bad guys, and then he gave up his guns. No, not. That's not in my notes. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on a rant. Let me let me come back. First, first John two. I'm glad y'all are laughing because this is a tough sermon. This is a t- this is a tough sermon. In the world today, it is messed up. And I'm going to ask you, don't go with them. No one told you you had to go down the road with them. Hollywood's not setting the standard. 1 John 2, I'm not there yet. The question, verse 18, I'm going to read it and then I'll answer. Little children, it's the last hour and you have heard the Antichrist is coming. Even now many Antichrists have come by which you know it is the last hour. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Antichrist for a moment. Who is he? 
because a lot of people are asking the question of who is the Antichrist. But let me explain something to you. The Antichrist cannot come on the scene as long as the people are on fire for God. They, there's not, I'm not interested in the Antichrist as much as I am the spirit of Antichrist, and it's in the earth. Do you all understand what I just said? The spirit of Antichrist was in the garden. The spirit of Antichrist is the reason for the flood. The spirit of Antichrist was why Daniel uh, prayed in the upper room and they took him and threw him in a lion's den. The spirit of Antichrist was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were de dealing with. The spirit of Antichrist was why David had to kill Goliath. The spirit of Antichrist is why they nailed Jesus to a cross. The spirit of Antichrist was what the early church was dealing with. We are dealing with, in America today, the spirit of Antichrist. That was caused Hitler, Mousy Tongue, Stalin. All of those were the spirit of rebellion, the spirit of we don't care what God thinks. It is a spirit of anti-God. We don't care what God has to say. That is the spirit of Antichrist. It is called the lawless one. Has America become more lawless? Oh, you better believe they have. Is it getting in here? I'm going to agree with you, no. But I'm going to tell you, it sure is trying. I'm concerned about the younger generation who thinks that we're old hat. I am old hat. My hat fits real good. I still believe the old ways, and they're not outdated. I'm going to read this from um, Rick Renner. Um, at I probably don't need to read it all, do I? There's been much dis distress reported on the news lately, and I've been thinking a lot about the last days. Second Thessalonians 2.3, Paul prophesied a mutinous attitude against God and all things godly will emerge in the very last days as part of a demonic operation to seduce the world into a state of lawlessness. Now we're in the middle of this, aren't we? People often ask me, Rick, when do you think the Antichrist is going to come on the stage? Since we're living in the last days, and I truly believe we are, we're seeing an abandoning of godliness in society. 2 Thessalonians 2.3 lets us know that Christians who live in the end of the age will be witnesses to an abandoning of truth as worldwide mutiny against, arises against God and His Word as the assault against morality and godliness intensifies on a broad scale. Now, none of us are ignorant of this. I'm going to tell you where I think you're ignorant is what to do about it. Because many of you have decided to go along to get along. I'm going to stop right there. You're going to think for a moment. No. No. No, you're not. Dr. King made a statement. It's always the right time to do the right thing. You have got to make up your mind whether you're going to please God or man. You change you, 
because I will sleep tonight. I want you all to know that. It isn't a lack of caring. It isn't a lack of love. I'm going I'm to give you truth. But if you don't want it, you're not going to take it. But I'm not going to change the standard because you were uncomfortable. It's called courage. Paul called the Antichrist a man of sin. The word sin is anomia. Um, it means without law, without a moral standard. It pictures people who possess no fixed moral standards. As part of the last day scheme, the Bible tells us society will begin to construct a new world order. The new world order that is trying to come in, it, it won't. It will not until the church is gone. But you are going to have to deal with it and have trouble with it up until that time. And, and you and I are going to have to deal with it until Jesus returns and catches us out. And they will get three and a half years of relief from us. Or six, or seven. Wherever you stand on the scale. Can we stop a minute and talk about the, the rapture and the end of time for just a moment? There's nothing in the Bible... Nothing that says the rapture takes place at the beginning of seven years. And where that came from is the seven years of wrath. Yeah. There's nothing in the Bible that's seven years of wrath. It says seven years of trouble. God never delivered you from trouble. Where, is there a rapture, the Gentiles out before Jews? I hope so. Man, I want out of here before all hell breaks loose. But we're guaranteed before wrath, we're gone. But the only place I've ever found wrath in the Bible is the Battle of Armageddon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, when are we going? I, could be tomorrow. Yeah. Might not be for t five more years. But I do know this. The year 2039 is the, is the year 6,000 from, from Adam. Yeah. And the year 2029 is 2,000 years from the day Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. I don't know which. I don't know. I'm not selling anything. But if you will give $2,029 to the offering this morning, I will guarantee, no. <laughs> I had to do that. I just had to do that. In other words, it's real close. Don't blow it. You only have a few more years to live right anyway. You might as well take advantage and enjoy it. All right. Revelation chapter 2. Now don't go quiet. <laughs> I'll think something's wrong. I want to talk about my family a minute. By, me, by no means are my sons and daughters perfect. Lisa and I, we pray a lot. We look back also and go, well, we should have made adjustments. That one needed whipping more. They all needed whipping more. <laughs> Except for Che. Che's the only one that never needed whipping more. That's the truth. Ashley got a whipping every day. She's not here to defend herself. She may be online. She can call me later. There's none of us in here raised everything, done everything right. But I will tell you this, and I want you to know it. 
All of my kids are born again and filled with the Holy Ghost because of me. Do you all understand that? My first wife said to me, me or Jesus? I said goodbye. I wasn't quite that cut and dried. But over a period of time, yes, it was. Not, I'm not compromising. When Halloween came, there was usually a fight. When holidays came, there was usually a fight. When church came, there was a fight. I'm a man, and I'm the head of my house. And my kids are in church. And when I married Lisa, the boys had Bible time whether they liked it or not. <laughs> and we taught them the Word of God. And we taught them to pray. And when they got older, they got to make choices. That doesn't mean we stop praying. Amen. I'm trying to get you out from under condemnation that everything in your home is not perfect. Mine either. But when Papa prays, God moves. And you might want to start obeying God because Papa is praying. And Nana's praying. Mama's praying. We may not talk as much as we used to, but we sure do talk to God a lot. <laughs> all the parents, all the parents and grandparents say, Amen. Amen. All right, Revelation chapter what? 2.15. Let's go to 12. Let's go to 12. To the angel of the church of Pergamos write, These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. I want to do a whole sermon on that sword one day. It's not a Roman sword. I know your works and where you dwell and where Satan's throne is. And, hold you, and you hold fast to my name and have not denied my faith even in the days in which Antipas, my faithful martyr who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. That's a church where the de- boy, that's quite the church in that town, right? I have a few things against you because you have there that hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idol and commit sexual immorality. What is the doctrine of Balaam? I'm going to explain it to you. King called Balaam and said, I want you to curse the children of Israel. And he said, you can't curse what God has blessed. He said, you can't curse these people. There's no way to defeat them in battle. Well, think about it. What a statement. And then he went back and he said, I'll tell you what you can do. Send the Moabite women in and get them into sin. And you don't have to worry about you cursing them. They curse themselves. You curse yourself. Yes, that's true. That's the doctrine of Balaam. And here's the doctrine of the church today. It don't matter how you live. Yeah, it does. You better believe it does. God resists the proud. If you have God against you, you're in trouble. And I'm talking to Christians. If you're not living right, he's not talking to you. You're on your own. Thank you. And I want you to know that. Your life is going to belly up. And it will not be well. But God wants your attention. Say he's a good daddy. All right. That's the doctrine of Balaam. I'll read a little bit more of that back just in a minute. But I want to get to another one. Verse 15. And you have there who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which I hate. Why 
did Jesus pick that one heresy? Out of all the stuff being preached, out of all the wrong stuff going on through in the church, he picks one heresy and goes, I hate that one. What was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans he hate? It was the doctrine of go along to get along. It was the doctrine of compromise. That's quite a deal, isn't it? The Nicolaitans, this was their doctrine. If Jesus died for you and you're the righteousness of God, it doesn't matter how you live. Doesn't matter how you live. You better believe it. It's quiet. It's just, it's just what a great hush went over the crowd. I realize that I'm talking to people right now, but this is good. You see, I, ha- I feed on men of God that feed me. I love Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I love Mark Hankins. I also like John Bevere. Who's right? They all are. See, um, Mark Hankins excites me. John Bevere keeps me straight. I'll just come over here and preach. Just, you, you can't just go down one road. Well, you can. You'd be wrong. I love Rick Renner. Whew, that book on no compromise, that's where I got all these notes. I got things I got to read here, so I got to find out. Never barter truth for peace. The big issue is not truth but respect. Truth has taken a back seat to the concept of honoring other people's beliefs. I don't care what you believe, if you're wrong. Truth trumps what you think. And whether you have, whether it hurt your feelings. Well, you offended me. So sorry. You angered me. Hallelujah. Did Jesus ever make anybody mad? Why haven't you? According to some people's inclusive mindset, everyone is right, no one is wrong. That's not correct. 40% of practicing Christians in America don't believe in absolute moral truth. What we tolerate, we empower You think your kids are going to change with you now without you having a conversation? They're not. And it might not be peaceful in your house for a while until they get straight. But they will get straight if you'll keep the standard up there for them. I had a lady came to me one time. She says, I, I told my husband that and made him mad. I went, good. Usually you get, they get mad at me. But I'm good with it. I don't care if you get mad at me. It doesn't bother me a bit. Some lady told me, my husband doesn't like you. Oh, glory to God. Jesus said, whoa, if all men speak well of you. I said, I don't have that whoa. There's one or two choices every Christian, the decision to accommodate the world or a refusal to compromise. You're, you're, you're in between two decisions right now. All right, now let me read this to you. 
because how am I doing for time? Oh, I have plenty. <laughs> I, I love Rick Renner's book. I got this out of there. I read it often. Um, it's expensive. It's colorful. It's beautiful. We, have, we may have some out there. I don't know. The conversation about Nicolaitism is very relevant to the modern church. In the Christian world today, there's emerging spiritual leaders who, like the Nicolaitans of past, seek a dangerous truce with the world under the guise of inclusiveness and compromise. I'm a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. If we have an evangelistic meeting and you come in short shorts and a halter top, we'll let you come. Don't walk through those doors looking like that. Don't you love them? Yes. Y'all do that. I'm going to come over here and preach. <laughs> I'm not evangelizing you. I'm pastoring you. There's a big difference in the two. What goes on in the neighbor's house is one thing. What goes on in mine is completely different. This is my house. Woo! I just shot down a lot of churches. Many of emerging spiritual leaders once held strong doctrinal positions, but over time, they've shaped their beliefs to meld with the changing moral climate of society. And in the process, they've produced a gospel very different from the one in the Bible. The Jesus you serve that's in here may be different than the one in your mind. Because this one is tougher than you think he is. He's stronger than you think he is. He's more like me than you thought. Maybe I'm more like him than you thought. I love this. It just there will be peace in the valley someday, not today. Although the world may change. In Hebrews 13, 6, teaches Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Truth does not change based on social trends. Truth is truth. Regardless of the particular brand of immorality society labeled acceptable, today, just as before, whenever believers take a firm stand on absolute truth, they're viewed by the world as intolerant. But when it comes to truth, there is no room to mitigate or adapt. As discussed in chapter 1, his book, those who adhere to the doctrine of spiritual compromise generally believe that Christ is one of many acceptable types of faith. The big issue to them is not truth, but respect. Let's talk about the Pope. He's not a Christian. (gasps) Well, who are you? Daryl. But anybody that opens their mouth and says all religions lead to God is a liar. Now, Jesus said in the last days, the biggest issue you're going to face is deception. And I would say a vast majority of born-again Christians right now are very deceived about the world we're living in. I want to do a whole thing on Fauci. I want to do a whole thing on the, on the virus. I want to do a thing on the vaccines. Up to now, there's 5,000 people reported dead from the vaccines. It's killing more than the virus. On purpose. The, 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 the COVID was created 
to do what it did. It's yeah. called the New World Order. Yeah. Do y'all understand Antichrist New World Order last day? So y'all got yes. Mark of the Beast. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a conspiracy. Yeah, and you're living right in the middle of it. So what was the vaccine for? Why do you, your, does your body not work? If it doesn't, and the Bible doesn't work, then die, go to heaven. The vaccine, if you have taken it, stop. It's killing you. On purpose. Because some moron decided there's too many people on the earth. And they're sick. You want the truth, come to church. Amen. Not the news. Amen. Oh boy, I don't even want to go down that road anymore. It's just, let's talk about Nicolaitism for a minute. Modern Nicolaitism dresses itself in the guise of inclusivity. Rather than living separately from the world, those who espouse in the new reason, everyone is right, no one is wrong, both spiritually and morally, why should we have to separate? Why should we be different? Can't we look like them, walk like them, talk like them, dress like them? No. Why would you want to look like a sinner? If you're insecure, pick up a Bible. Now I'm going to go someplace that's just going to make you mad. Do you need a tattoo so everyone will think you're cool? Why don't you be cool without one? Why don't you prove you don't have to have one? Do you need an earring so you can look gay and cool? <laughs> Why don't you put one in your nose? I'm, 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 oh, okay, never mind. Lisa's over there praying, oh, God, get him back on the word. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you mad. Do you know why people buy Harley Davidson motorcycles? It's image. It is a piece of junk. It is a $20,000 airplane engine that will fry if you stop at a traffic light too long. It's a piece of junk. Honda's only $8,000. Buy a good bike. But you got to look cool. Why don't you be cool? If you're not man enough to ride a Honda, you're not a man. I'm, boy, I, I, I'm, I know I'm all over this. Why are we trying? Instead of impressing, why don't you be impressive yeah. instead of trying to impress people? Yeah. I don't have any tattoos, and I don't need, I don't have I love Lisa on here. It's written right across my heart. Amen. And then girlfriend to girlfriend to girlfriend, I don't have to keep erasing tattoos. My wife, my ex-wife, my girl, never mind. If you have them, don't get in condemnation. But you don't have to keep, be cool, be cool. Good, never mind, that's, that's enough. Some of y'all are already like, I ain't never coming back again, I never... Pray for me, Lisa. I'm doing good. In modern day Nicolaitans, no emphasis on doctrinal teaching of the Bible. Modern Nicolaitans dresses itself as progressivism, dismissing much of the Bible as too restrictive, 
are inclusive for other people's belief instead of being a guide to absolute truth. The Bible's used as a reference for illustrating motivational sermons, inspirational ideas, principles to build a marriage or business. And God knows never preach on a subject like this. You will, you're trying to grow the church, not run them off. Maybe I'm trying to grow you. That's called love. Where modern Nicolaitan prevails, sound doctrine is replaced with social action, social justice, and attempt to appeal to the mass audience by making people feel better about themselves. Thus, doctrinal teaching of the Bible is diminished and replaced by watered-down, politically correct sermons. Not here. Now, in a couple of weeks, we'll do one. Now, why? Why would I do that? I'm not joking. You can't live on a diet of obey, 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 obey. That, even in my own house, I don't walk around, obey, 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 obey. That's a dictator. That's not a dad. It's fun. We wrestle. We fight. We eat together. We have fun. We eat ice cream. And you do what I, if you do what I say, it'll always, it'll always be fun. But if you don't, we'll see you in the bedroom. Thank you. No emphasis on absolute truth or biblical morality. Why do we quit preaching on morality? Well, it's just not cool. I mean, everybody's saved. We love the Lord. Modern Nicolaitan dresses, disguises itself as being open-minded. It cries that it is unfair and unjust to assert the belief that your beliefs alone are absolute truth. If we believe what we believe and make allowances, if we're wrong, we're wrong. If you're right, you're right. What does it matter? To demonstrate how deeply this damaging influence has permeated the church, it is statistical that more than half of evangelical Christians don't even believe in absolute truth anymore. It's being done in churches. All right, one more. Modern-day Nicolaitan dresses itself as tolerance, asserting that everyone has a piece of truth. It ultimately levels the playing field and makes Christianity a truth among all the other truths. Wrong. Who do you think you are? Well, I'm right. I knew he was arrogant, Martha. Let's go. I'm reading. There are many other indicators of modern Nicolaitanism, but these are the notable signs. The faulty beliefs revel doctrinal ignorance and result in a powerless, weakened version of Christianity where sin is tolerated, separation is ignored, and the need for ongoing repentance is disregarded. You will never have a powerful Christian life with sin in your life. We made a mistake taking altars out of churches. Folks, there's times you need to come to church to stay away. And you need to come in here, and you need to come up here. Because if you want peace and joy, you're not having it until you've got it right with God. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm the pastor, and I usually, at least one good day a week, go down the list and make adjustments. The Bible will adjust you. That's why I read it. It keeps me straight. 
Okay, let's do a couple more. Are y'all all right? Okay, the, I'm going I'm, I'm to give you the word repentance, what it means. It is the word metanaos compounded. The new word depicts a decision to completely change the way you think, change the way you live, and change the way you behave. Wow, I got a lot more in here, but I'm going to stop. Not my sermon, just reading. So what happened to Daniel? What happened to Daniel? They made a law that he can't pray. And what did he do? He went upstairs and opened the window. Let me ask you a question. Why didn't he just go in the room and go, eh, you know, I mean, I can talk to you in the bedroom just like I can in the window. I mean, if I go to the window, I'm getting arrested, and they're going to throw me in a lion's den. So I, you know, I understand that you're God, and you love me, and you care about me, and I'm just going to stand here in the living room, keep the window closed. There's no reason. And, you know, and, and what about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? All they had to do was sing a song. Just sing. Just, say, just sing this song. No. They sing in your song. Just shut the doors. Go online. No. No. Because I already know that you're not, I, I, when you're online, I know you're getting up and going to the bathroom twice as much as you normally do. And I also know that you're talking to each other while I'm online. And I also know that you only got one third of anything I said and you didn't stay on for an hour. And the only way to hold your attention is to bring you in and lock the doors. So I'm staying open. I also want to go ahead and tell you, if you're a visitor, we are tongue-talking, devil-chasing Holy Wars. Yes, We don't take you in the back room and introduce you to the Holy Ghost. He's God. And it's a commandment, not a suggestion. We also have the gifts of the Spirit. We're not ashamed of that either. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. So I've got to tell you one more story real quick. Listen, I went to the prayer meeting. Not this last one, but the one before. And we made the mistake of hugging people in front of a news camera, eyewitness news. And one of the pastors there went, don't touch us. The news is watching. I said, so? They'll see us. We're not social distancing. I'm going, I know. And you don't have your mask on. Where is it? It ain't made in. If yours is working, I don't need to wear one. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of bad now. I'm getting kind of bad. But you know, people have kind of like that. There's that Pastor Morgan. Probably a lot like Daniel. Daniel didn't compromise. Did you know God didn't get on to him for it? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God didn't go, hey, numbnut. Just sing the song and they wouldn't have thrown you in the oven. 
Now you're causing me to get up off my throne and come down there and walk around the fire with y'all. Get you out of this mess you done got yourself in. He didn't say that. He's walking around there singing kumbaya with the rest of them. I got one more scripture. I, got, I do. I have one more. Just one more. Acts 4. Go to Acts 4. I'm, I'm trying to burn up my last two minutes, and I'm not letting you out early. There's no way. You will start thinking I'm going to let you out early every Sunday. I'm not going to do it. Are you all all right? I'm asking you to seriously think about your walk with God and how much of the Bible you have begun to compromise because you don't want the heat. All of us in this room, including me, have had times when I just shut up because I just didn't want the fight. I just don't want it. Let's just just have a good meal without me saying something. I got to tell you another story. Where was that? We were in Savannah. What was that restaurant we were in? Mrs. Wilkes. Mrs. Wilkes. Borden House. Well, I'm at the table to the far right, and in Mrs. Wilkes' boarding house is a community lunch. Mm-hmm. And there's like, a, how many more people at the table with us? A dozen? It's a very long. Lo- oh, yes, big table. And there's people there that are not in my family. Oh, I happen to have two New York lesbians at my table. And we got on Rush Limbaugh. And, and they were very kind, and I was very kind. I mean, we were having a good conversation. We weren't fighting at all. Mm-hmm. But I was loud. Because they're at the other end of the table. <laughs> <laughs> so they're asking me questions. What about this? I went, what about that? I'm getting them scriptures. I said, what about this scripture? And they go, what about that? And they weren't, they weren't being mean, but they were being very inquisitive with me. And I'm being very honest. And when we stopped, I turned the whole restaurant's empty. The whole restaurant. There's no one in it. And I'm, I see my back is to the rest. I don't do that anymore. I said, I, now I sit at the back. And Mrs. Wilkes came up and apologized to the people at the table. And I realized she's apologizing because I have emptied her restaurant. Maybe a little too loud. No, not really. Everybody needed to hear what I had to say. I can tell you that. So I turned around and it's empty. And the ladies are getting up, and then she, they came up and shook my hand, and I said, well, I'll, you know, it was good. She, they said, we enjoyed that. I said, I enjoyed talking to you. They said, we don't agree. I said, that's fine, that's fine, you know. I said, Jesus loves you. Can I pray for you? And I prayed for them right there. And then the, and me and Lisa and the boys and Sean and Linda and the two ladies, we left. And the restaurant's now completely empty. <laughs> I went, Woo! I didn't know I was emptying the restaurant out, but I sure did. Anyway, first, are y'all okay? Y'all didn't need to know that. I was at another restaurant here in town. I was talking to a woman. She's fixing to remarry for the second time, and I don't counsel women alone, but back then I had no one to help me, and I met at Denny's, and we, and we got a big booth, and we talking about sex. And everybody in the restaurant came up and says, we really enjoyed the counseling. <laughs> That's when it dawned on me. Maybe I'm talking louder than I think I am. Yeah, amen. So, so um, I'm trying to quit, Lisa. I really am. I'll get us out of here. Acts 4, say no compromise. 
Acts 4.13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived they were uneducated, untrained men. They marveled and realized they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man that had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. And when they commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves and says, What shall we do to these men? Indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them, and it's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. We can't deny that. But so that it spreads no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them that none of them speak to any man in the name, the name Jesus. And they called them in and they commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And they said, we're sorry we didn't, we weren't trying to commit trouble. We, we just, we'll just go back in our churches and we'll just preach Jesus and we won't cause any more trouble in your city. No. See, if you're a Christian, you are a troublemaker. To the devil. And Peter and John answered and said, Whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. We cannot but speak the things we have seen and heard. And they went and had a prayer meeting and asked God for boldness to preach the word. Folks, it's time for the church to wake up and start being bold. I'm asking you to have a no compromise attitude about your faith. I mean, and I realize that today is probably the first time some of you have ever heard that some of the conflict you're having is necessary. Some of the discussions you're having and people leave this church and they go, we didn't like it. Don't blame me for their life. There was a reason they didn't like it. Use that as a chance to open up a Bible and have a talk with people. Are y'all all right? I love every one of y'all. I'm not changing truth for my society. I'm going to stand up for America. I'm going to stand up for God. I'm going to stand up for righteousness. I'm going to stand up for morality. I'm going to stand up for living right. When Lisa and I dated... There's no sex until the honeymoon. No petting. Folks, you you can control yourself. Teach your kids to control themselves. Anytime you're blaming someone like Adam and Eve did, you're in sin. Well, is that girlfriend of mine? No, it's not. It's you. Well, it's my friends. Change friends. Preach to them. They'll leave. I want to pray now. How many of you are going to walk out of here today and go, i got some adjusting to make? I do. I do. I read Rick's book in order to see how I'm doing. I, I don't believe in being harsh, hard, judgmental, and Pentecostal. I don't believe in that. I believe in preaching the truth in love. I can be kind and right. I can tell you you're wrong with a smile. I can also tell you you're not coming to my house with your girlfriend. Yeah. 
And I better not ever smell reefer in the bedroom. If I find something on your phone's not there, phone goes in the garbage. Don't shout me down. Father God, I have done everything. I've, I've, I've done in the best of my ability. I'm only a man. I'm, I'm only a man. I, I've taken something that all of us right now are dealing with in society. We see it. We see it everywhere we go. The, the gender issue, the homosexual issue, the, 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 the you, you can't even have a movie without people sleeping together. Just, it's everywhere we go. What a time to be raising kids, but we can do it. We can do this. We can do this. They can learn right from wrong, and they can live for God, and they want to. Yeah. It's time for us to become a, to, to become a light in the world again. Yes. It's time for us to be okay with the fact that maybe not everybody likes us. Maybe our own families don't like us, but they need it. They need someone strong, and I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice would walk out of here today and say, that will be me. They will know if they come to my house, grandma and grandpa, they live for God. Mom and dad live for God. If you're a youngin', maybe you need to be a light to your mom and dad. But make sure you're a light in your school. Make sure you're a light wherever you go. You don't have to go along to get along. You don't have to look like the world, act like them. I pray that every one of us will walk here today with the Bible as a standard. And morality is what you say it is, not what the world says it is. And Father God, I pray that even though there's no peace on the outside right now, that every one of us leave today with peace in our heart because we're at peace with you. I don't know anything else to do. I, I've done the best I can. I, I've tried to make a hard subject in a palatable, but there has to be some changes if we're going to see a move of God in America, we as the church are going to have to make adjustments. It's not okay to look like the world and act like them and expect you to show up on Sunday morning. You're not going to do it. Father, I love you. I love your church. I thank you for the people who trusted me enough to come today and listen to me share the word. And I pray that if there's any condemnation, they'll know that's coming from the devil, not from you. But, but conviction does come from you. And all of us in this room at times need to make adjustments. And I thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Megan, if you'd put Titus 2.11 on the screen, that would be great. Thank you. God so loved the world. You're right. That sign is right. He's not angry. He so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son. That whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The sign should say, you might be angry. If you miss it, salvation is not automatic. Jesus was sent here as a gift to you and to I. Amen. To you and to me. It's a gift, but a gift always needs to be received. If you don't receive the gift, you don't have the blessings of the gift. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared 
to all men. Does that mean all men will receive it? No. Does that mean that those men that don't receive it and women will go to hell? Yes, but I don't want that to be you out there today. And I don't want that to be your friend or your family member. So when I'm up here speaking, this is not dead space. This is for you who are mature to remember these verses I'm reading, to write them down, to study them so that when you go out there, you can go, hey, let me show you something. God loves you. Go on your phone. Know those scriptures in your head. Go to Titus 2.11. Go to 1 John 3.16.17.18. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to everybody. And what does that grace teach? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Why? Because that grace of God enables you, empowers you, strengthens you, makes you bold, makes you courageous to do what's right, not on your own. But when that grace, when you receive the blood of Jesus and you receive that sacrifice, then he enables you to live godly and soberly in this present age. I love you. We love you, and the reason we teach this is because it's true. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ has that same old hat on. And I'd rather have an old hat on and make heaven than a new hat and go to hell. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The blood is the same. The way to heaven is the same. Doesn't matter what society says. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything, the altar workers are coming forward. Say, pray with me. I want to make Jesus Lord. Jesus does love you. He's not angry with you. The blood covered that. But you have to reach out and receive it and say, I accept the blood. If you don't accept the blood and you don't accept him as master and Lord and Savior, then the blood has no right to protect you. Amen? He loves you. We love you. If you have any other reason that you need prayer, the Bible says if any two, there's two here, two here, two there. If any two shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it will be done them of my father which is saying right here right now right this minute that agreement will bring it and then all you're doing is thanking God for the manifestation of it appearing because the minute you pray he goes to work now sometimes he's got to get people and situations in line but if someone doesn't obey him he passes over that one and he goes to another one but as far as your concern your prayer got answered now and God is working now on your behalf. You may not have that person at home to be in agreement with you. They may not be at that level with you. But these are, and they're ready to go, let's get something done in the bank of heaven. Amen? So here's what I'm going to ask the rest of you. Please do not talk in here and socialize and fellowship. When I dismiss, please quietly leave, and then you can resume talking in the foyer. 
Amen. And we'll give these people that want to come up respect and let them pray. If you're new here, we have a gift for you out at the information booth. And uh, don't forget, if you want to come and be a part of this graduation tonight, I know the students will appreciate it. We love you. Have a good rest of your day. Amen. Come and get prayer. We're here waiting for you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.